0: Hello, welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at P.A. Howdy on Twitter. I'm a senior writer for Dynasty League Football, DLF, and this is, in fact, a member of the DLF family of podcasts. I'm starting to feel it, man. Uh, I don't know if you are, don't know no new information has come out, and I really shouldn't be making firmer opinions, but I'm starting to make firmer opinions. I'm coming out of my uncertainty phase for no other reason than I'm bored, and I think it's about time. So... Got a lot of things I want to talk to, a lot of things I want to lay out and talk to other people with. But something I've been seeing a lot of, actually made a thread, got into a pretty interesting conversation with some great guys. I don't know if they think I'm great, because they were talking to me on Twitter. And they can kind of be me on Twitter, so sometimes I come off wrong. But, Austin DeWitt, uh, DeWitt underscore Dynasty on Twitter, uh, McHale, or at z a d n i c. N I k sorry twenty two on Twitter and also um Michael Michael Liu, who I thinks might up might me up if I remember right I'm looking Mike me up with an extra P on Twitter. great guys talked to him before I really enjoy talking about dynasty with them hopefully hopefully they'll come back someday um who knows but I was trying to respond I've seen a lot of posts about how Zenias don't produce. Here's the thing. Seniors produce in the NFL. And by seniors, I mean people that enter the NFL draft in their senior class. So I've got a lot of things to lay out about this. It's a little hard to do verbally because it's like talking about numbers, right? Now, it's hard to visualize what I'm talking about, but if you can imagine there's a lot of noise in the designation of senior for example you can't sort by age because they're not all the same age which is also why it doesn't provide as much signal as adjusting by age because that actually is capturing more of what actually accounts for who's got an advantage and a disadvantage in college but that's kind of beside the point for right now um you can't sort by year of play Uh, as i found out in my uh, initial post or attempt to correct it, people were pointing out that uh, AJ Green, for example, uh, who entered the NFL at age 23, wasn't actually a senior. He's part of the junior class. How that compares to a player like Nikhil Harry, for example, who came out at the age 21, but was a junior as well, Like that's why that's, that's why it doesn't work. But anyway. You've also got players like Kenny Galladay and Michael Gallup, who people might not think of as senior breakouts, but they played two years outside of the Big Five, Power Five, whatever the real college football is. So they actually ended as seniors. And people don't always think of them as seniors, but they're actually seniors. They're examples of people with plenty of ceiling, plenty of success in the NFL as senior players who were drafted. And... Um, T.Y. Houghton, for example, is a guy who played four years in college, went to the NFL as a senior. That's as much ceiling as you could ever really hope from, from a draft prospect. So if we're talking ceilings, yeah, they've got senior ceilings too. Are there less of them? Yes. Because there are also less players that come out as seniors who are good based on age-adjusted production. So age-adjusted production increasingly ramps up the amount of yards for your the percentage of yards and the percentage of touchdowns that you're expected to get depending on the age that you played so we're already adjusting for how long they've played in school so the question isn't or the the assumption isn't they got to the same level over a longer period of time they got to a higher level at play by playing at older level by playing at older ages in order to look impressive seniors produce seniors produce pretty often and one of the things where I I really got in to thinking about posting about this and getting to the thread and like I said I'm not even sure I made my point accurately because eventually they seem to be saying what I had said to start with back at me as a counter argument I don't quite understand that I really apparently misled or misstated what I was trying to say but what I was trying to say is that you can't ding a player you can't downgrade a player's prospect evaluation your expectations for them in the nfl because they're a senior you can do it because they're underproductive you can do it because you don't like the look of their tape or you don't think they have the skills or any other things we actually ding them for but being a senior in and of itself doesn't help sort it's worrying i get that because a lot of seniors are bust but i don't think senior adds to the narrative productive players in college who were seniors producing the NFL some of them don't there are misses with productive players but senior and junior doesn't help whittle them out and therefore outside of being worrying like it's not something we can really wait to improve our hit rate or know what a player is going to be in the NFL and that that's my point point. and if we start worrying too much about players who are seniors We miss good players later down in the draft. Now, it was also pointed out in the thread by someone else, sorry, I forget who, that um, the argument's already also been made that players who hit as seniors, or redshirt juniors, I guess is one of the things you could be in this category, um, don't come from the power fight. They come from lower conferences. But that also explains why they have lower draft capital typically, right? So I think it's muddying up the general signal we have that players who would get drafted later take longer because they have to get opportunity, but if they've displayed the ability to dominate an offense in college, they're more likely to rise to significance in an NFL offense as well. I don't think it adds to the signal or trims out some of the misses, I think it adds to the noise. I think, in fact, what senior-junior is doing is capturing some of the ancillary signal for age-adjusted production. Because most of the time, if you're a senior or a junior, you're you're older and younger ages. So if you early declare and you're productive, you have great and you meet the criteria of productive, then you have age-adjusted production that is good between the ages of 19 and 20, which is the most important and significant for projecting success into the NFL. If you've chosen to play another year, that doesn't mean you're a worse player because the boundaries increase and hopefully you continue to meet that mark. Now, the only players in the 2020 draft class I can think that these has been related to. Now, there is one other I haven't been hot on. He's in my interesting category, um, but that's Michael Pittman. He's going to be a senior, and I think that might be one of the guys they've got in their sites when they say senior players burst but the other two are tyler johnson and brian edwards and yes they chose to play an extra year but i think if we start speculating as if we know these people why would they give up millions of dollars to not go to the nfl draft Or well, maybe they didn't think they were going to get millions of dollars maybe they wanted to stay around their college girlfriend i don't know maybe they just like the town maybe they really like college football as ray Said when he uh you from the DDP podcast. Hey, I got it right that time. Um, draft every podcast, right? I think so. It's a DLF podcast. Great. Um, he came on and said some people just really like college, um, so they want to play an extra year. You're not worse as a as a as a player because any of those motivations make you stay in college, right? I can't think of a reasonable expectation unless you are thinking that staying in the extra year is what makes you look productive, which is not true if you're valuing productive based on an increasingly and ever-increasing scale of what is required to meet that criteria of productive. Now, what it might say is if you stay in four years and you're productive between the ages of 18 and 20, but then you stay in that senior season and you're underproductive, that might be... A slight ding. But, and again, this this is why it's not adding to the signal. When I actually look at past draft classes, players that could be true of are players we didn't want to miss just because they were seniors, right? So, Cortland Sutton. Uh, let's just go to last draft class. He played four years. I think he was actually classed as a junior, though. I'd have to check that because, again, sometimes they just call you something that you're not, which, again, is... Artificially maybe adding to the, the 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 narrative that senior junior is actually important. i got got to check that out right now. I should really add it to my database so I don't have to do this. But um, again, where I can only have so many columns, I don't want to include something that yeah. He, actually, he's technically classed as a junior, but he's a redshirt junior. Wouldn't that be the term? Because he redshirted his first year after only playing three games. So despite the fact he's classed as a junior, I think he would be classed as this this bust rate category because the posts that I've seen outside of my own thread were seniors or redshirt red shirt juniors, people that played four years in college, essentially. As if being older when you go into the NFL, and that's why I started off talk, sorting by age, being older when you go into the NFL is not a negative signal. And it has all the ceiling in the world. As A.J. Green level ceiling, it has T.Y. Hilton level ceiling. But anyway, to get back to my thread, because I go and speak to someone else's, I guess. But that was the argument: the idea that you enter older and therefore you're less likely. And it is—it's uh, not true. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's dredging one of the biggest wide receiver drafts we've seen between in that four-year period, looking at the bus and finding commonality. But you're going to come out with an overly negative opinion if you're only dredging like one of the worst hit rates uh, in the NFL periods ever between the Kevin White and the Prashad Perriman era and the, the, the Philip Dorsett debacle, which is never a good idea, it's going to look overly negative. And I think that's what's happening when we look past over the last two draft classes and think, hey, these guys who are slightly older or quote-unquote seniors um tend not to hit. Instead It's just really bad draft class. <laughs> and I think... I think that's overly emphasizing it. But anyway, Colin Sutton technically fits the category, but why don't I move away from him just for the pure of heart who just want to talk about people that would literally be called seniors. And I've already mentioned Michael Gallup. I've already mentioned Kenny Galladay, who are both seniors and were both the players you wanted from their draft class, right? Um, Some other. Played four years. Last draft class. Played four years. damn. Uh, Debo Samuel played four years did he qualify as a senior he wouldn't have been from a lower conference though to be fair and and the thing about outside um of power five or whatever conferences hitting with lower draft capital again i think that's muddying up the signal they get lower draft capital from the because they're from a lower conference but they're productive based on the age they play in college when you adjust it for the age they played and then they slowly work their way into opportunity and turn out to be good in the NFL. Like I don't think I. Th- I think you're eventually just getting so specific. You're just naming the bad players, right? It, it, it's only players. Uh, I'm only talking about first round picks. I'm only talking about first round picks, uh, who are from non-power five schools, who are also called, you know, Kevin White. Yeah. Eventually, you're almost being too specific to try and find the signal. You're squinting too hard. But anyway, um. Yeah, Debo Samuel was classed as a senior, and I I hear people like him pretty well now. Um, So that's another recent example. Like, this isn't a recent thing where recently all seniors fail. Seniors with good production and draft capital should be viewed just as the same as juniors with good draft capital and good production. If all the numbers are the same, if all the production and all the draft capital is the same, senior isn't a good enough reason to tip it over to liking one player over the other. Now, example of that, if I, uh, can I use Colton Sutton? I said no, didn't I? Damn. He was drafted in the same round as him. But hey, here you go, DJ Chark. DJ Chark and Anthony Miller were both, pl- both played in college in three years. So I'm just going to assume they both came out as seniors or juniors rather. Um, you wanted one player over the other. They actually looked reasonably close. So this is going to work out terribly. I shouldn't have used this. (laughs) In terms of their age-adjusted production, uh, in all my models, they came out actually back-to-back through that draft class. Now, for this draft class, you could also look at Dante Pettis in the second round as well. He looked more like what I, I think Dante Pettis is the image of a compiler, but he looked underproductive as a senior. So it looks like him being a senior, well, we would have not failed to hit on Dante Pettis. But if you were choosing the senior signal over the production signal because you were you were so used to you you had confirmed in your head this narrative that senior is a bad thing, then you also would have missed on Michael Gallup the next round down, when instead his production told you, could have told you, and did tell us, if we remember right, that Michael Gallup was a better target even with that draft capital difference. Now another example of this is a player that was very productive and came out as a junior. Traquan Smith was actually productive based on his age adjusted production but less so than Michael Gallup. Both drafted in the third round Michael Gallup was a senior Traquan Smith was a, was a junior. Now this is always going to wake up. I'm not saying seniors are better than juniors. That's not true at all. Senior is worrying but if at the end of the day one is more productive in his situation than the other that's that's something that we can more often rely on to be a tipping point, a deciding factor, an identifying factor of who's more likely to be good in the NFL. Whereas senior and junior just seem to be complicating up this story when we look at an individual draft class. So if we skip over to the 2020 draft class, this class, the two players I really think they're targeting with this argument are Tyler Johnson and Brian Edwards, both played four years so I'm assuming they're coming out in their senior class um but neither are getting first round draft capital arguments. so hopefully they're going to mean that second and third round conversation so who might they go up against well this is being a little bit too much fictional baseball here but you've got T Higgins who I know people are high on and I think he's got some draft cap- more traffic capital buzz than Tyler Johnson for example or, or another junior Justin Jefferson I know people love him I think they've even given him first round buzz Now, if drafted in the same round, choosing Jefferson and Higgins over Johnson and Edwards, I'm talking the exact same round, say their line spot is equal, would be a mistake just based on senior or junior. Whereas if you look at their production and how productive they are in their individual situation, you see that both Johnson and Edwards were much more productive. So I think that would be a fair coin flip to go, Okay, I'm taking Tyler above Higgins, I'm taking edwards above jefferson because they got the same draft capital now as it stands and that's why this conversation right now um, and the threads that i thought i was referring to when i posted my thread seems so ridiculous johnson and edwards sound like they're going to be lucky to get third round draft value whereas jefferson and higgins sound like they might get day one consideration according to some mocks that i've seen or at least day two they're getting more draft capital and that's partly that that's how it shakes out. and That's how it shakes out. That's how we manage to adjust for it better after draft capital. It's going to tell us a lot more. get a lot more idea about the opportunity they're going to get. And frankly, all the things that aren't counted in their college production is going into their film evaluation. And a lot of that signal comes through with draft capital. So Johnson and Edwards being dinged for being seniors, I don't think is fair. Now, the fact that both getting underplayed in draft capital buzz actually weighs more with me a lot more than me. Because as much as I like to mock the NFL, there are a lot of really smart scouts and a lot of really smart numbers guys. And the fact neither of them are rising up boards, I'm hoping it's just draft capital rumors right now. We're always shocked by draft, the way the draft actually works out. And I'm hoping Edwards and Johnson both aren't going to go you know, as undrafted free agents at this point. I'm hoping to hear some buzz about them in the draft. But I do think it's... It's one of the factors, the fact that they are both seniors. Denzel Mims, for another way, is another name I've heard a lot about. He's in my interesting category. (coughs) (coughs) Pardon me, interesting tier. He's also played four years in college, so may or may not be a senior, depending on what they decided to name him. It's such a frustrating term. But anyway, um, so I just kind of wanted to lay that out. Well, it's not that it's not worrying, but it doesn't balance your argument well like if you have to choose between Justin Jefferson and Tyler Johnson with everything else being equal I would take the more productive player but everything else has to be equal and it's probably not going to be so I, th- I think it's going to be an unfair argument based on what uh, the way it's shaking out, the way the draft may or may not work out um, in the next few months. But the combine hopefully will shake things up a lot. I think Edwards and Johnson go in and impress some people um, uh, and really raise their draft stock, in which case we may actually end up in this situation. So I kind of want to highlight it early. Senior arguments, I'm just not buying it. It's not that it's not worrying. It definitely is. Um, Early declaration is definitely a good thing. But senior ain't it <laughs> that's it that's my summation senior is not necessarily a negative if everything else in play looks good all right i'm hitting the 20 minute mark which is kind of where we like to keep it 20 30 minutes here at the crossroads but i do want to hit on this one idea that i posted and asked a few people about about this draft class because i've been really digging in to the nature of draft class and trying to understand landing spot and what might what might help us value one landing spot over another a bit better. But um while I was doing that, I just noticed I don't I don't wanna say this is a trend. It just spooks me that this is meant to be a good running back and wide receiver class. This class was hyped up to be a strong running back class. And we we know three of the best prospects went back to school, but it still remains a strong draft class. I'm not I'm no longer trying to do the reduce expectation thing but I was looking at the number of times a draft class has produced above average numbers of wide receivers and running backs and there's some really worrying trends like normally it leans one way or the other like 2014 we got seven wide receivers that have uh, two top 24 seasons coming out of 2014 the class before that also with seven was 2010 neither of them had a fantasy significant running back in fact, 2014 had one who's had two top twenty, two top twelve seasons. Where is my memory? I thought that was a Bishop Sankey class. Um, right? Bishop Sankey was drafted in 2014. We we were all over that and got it wrong. Oh, Devonte Freeman in the fourth round, of course. Two top twelve seasons from Devonte Freeman. That makes sense. Um, if we go back to 2010 the the best wide receiver class before that because all the conversation right now does seem to be angling towards this is now wide receiver more than a running back class but there is good depth at the running back class and I really do see that like I'm I'm no longer put in the light of that but um, Damaris Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders class was 2010 and the running backs who were drafted was C J Spiller Ryan Matthews and Javid Best in the first round uh, oh that's right Toby Gearhart came from, who knew Ben Tate. Uh, it was really disappointing running back class, right? Uh, Ryan Matthews, I still insist was actually really good. CJ Spiller really never took off the and uh, really never got off the ground. We got James Sparks in the sixth round. Um, the, the best draft class I could find for getting, you know above average numbers of wide receivers and running backs it was actually 2008 and 2009. Weirdly, back-to-back seasons. I know. Before that, it was actually two thousand, two thousand and one, another pair of back-to-back seasons. But that seems a little out of the, you know, the modern NFL era. So, sticking with two thousand eight and two thousand nine. In two thousand nine, the best running backs—well, not the best, but the top running backs drafted were like No. Show Moreno, Donald Brown. Oh, Lashawn McCoy was drafted in the second round. That's that's why it's starting to look like a good draft class. Um. No Sean Moreno had at least one good season, right? Right. Sean Green. Okay, he stuck around for a while. All all dependable. This this is uh, Rashad Jennings drafted late in the seventh round. That's where the, the the equal numbers are coming from. And then in the wide receiver class, you've got obviously Michael Crabtree, Jeremy Macklin, Percy Harvin spiked for a bit, but we wouldn't have been including that list. Oh, this is a Kenny Britt bust year. Nice. Um, Mike Wallace drafted in the third round so you know a solid class Um, overall not quite what we like to hear the names we like to hear when we're thinking about a new brand new exciting rookie class Um, but still that was that, those were really solid results and the thing about 2008 and 2009 is they're not standout classes there are r- many good players in every class don't get me wrong but those are the two classes I could found where on average we get um like three running wide receivers to get two top 24 seasons from any one draft class that's an average sometimes we get none obviously and and running backs we get two running backs to two top 12 seasons and those are very high expectations to have two seasons in the top 12 don't get me wrong so two is actually a really high number but typically when we get an even mix the hits are somewhat muted we're not talking you know Calvin Johnson level hits at the wide receiver position when we have decent, you know, Lashawn McCoy was really good running back hit, to be fair. That, that's a different kind of scale. Um, this is a little too arbitrary to compare one draft class to another like this, but it just kind of spooks me a little bit that this has now become more of a wide receiver heavy class in the narrative and everyone compiling all this data and producing all these podcasts so they really seem to be concentrating more on the wide receiver class. And um, and that has me paranoid about the running back class. I, it's not scientific, I know, but just looking at past draft classes, the expectation for a strong wide receiver class is almost always a weaker running back class than average. And when those two wide receiver and running back are producing above average numbers of players that produce fantasy seasons that we want... It's 2008-2009. Like, we only have those two examples. And, you know, you judge for yourself those names, whether they're great hits or bad hits. I think they're really good hits, but um, they're probably not what we're hoping from the 2020 class with all the hype we've had and all these great production on both running back and wide receiver class. So I just wanted to put that out there. If anyone has any thoughts or ways that I could examine this or you want to call me out on making... Because this is very narrative-y. To be very clear, I'm making a narrative here, which at some points we definitely do. I just... It makes me queasy, man, and I wanted to put it out there and see if anyone else had any thoughts on it. So hit me up at P.A. Howdy on Twitter um, or Dynasty Crossroads at Dynasty Crossroads or at Dino Crossroads on Twitter and let us know what you think. I, can you have a, like, a really strong running back class and a really strong wide receiver class at the same time? Because it hasn't really happened in the past. And does that mean we should reduce expectations for other people? That seems a little unfair, but I know I, I'm getting paranoid. There you go. Um, Alright, guys, I'll talk to you again next week. Um, thanks for coming and joining me here at the Crossroads. Take care. Bye.
1: Yeah! Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, play run phone, so. Jake on the table and ape on the plate. So Pete enumerates the plays; they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their in lanes, but I like that yeah. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats nice. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight Back and forth, there is no order They disorder more and more because the players ain't no older They some hoarders or some mortars Dropping bombs without no borders Stick got that eye, like like mortar, Peak grinding numbers like molars I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads Chicken or crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road Go, clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold. So Jake on the table and Naple on the place though. Pete and it's the plays, they're analytical. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold. So Jake on the table and Naple on the place though. Pete and it's the place they're analytical.